Welcome to the first ever episode of The Scap Show. My name is Carter Scappa. I will be talking about on this show certain sports, wrestling, and other stuff, which could include news on what's happening, breaking news, injury updates, roster stuff. Today, the Seahawks take on the Chargers, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Pacific. You don't want to miss it. And I will be talking about the 80 players on the Seahawks roster and projecting the 53 players, I think, who will make this roster after tonight's game and when they start trimming down roster cuts. We'll start off with the quarterbacks. Russell Wilson and Geno Smith, along with Sean Mannion, are, on the, are the quarterbacks on the roster. I get, if we all know, Russell Wilson most likely will make the roster. He might, he might play tonight. And then Geno Smith and Sean Mannion will be the interesting one. They both have not looked... Geno Smith suffered that injury in the first preseason game against the Raiders. Sean Mannion, Mannion has looked okay in these last two games. Does, hasn't looked great. But I feel like Geno Smith will end up getting the nod as the number two quarterback. One reason because of his coin toss. Because of his coin toss funniness when he gets all dramatic and all that stuff. And Sean Mannion could end up getting sent to the practice squad is what I could see happening. We'll get to that later. As we go to running backs, this one's an interesting one, what some people might think. I have Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, along with DJ Dallas, making the roster. But then the last two, it's between Alex Collins and Travis Homer. I gave the nod to Alex Collins because Homer yet, has yet to even play a game because he's been injured the whole time, which he is most likely to be coming back at some point next week. And he is a much better blocker than Alex Collins is. Collins just... I could I just don't think Travis Homer will make the roster. He, he just hasn't been that explosive. He's missed a lot of games. We, and we, well, we will see what happens eventually and then running back also Josh Johnson's on the roster most likely he'll probably get sent to the practice squad which which would be a good landing point for him at fullback Nick Ballore and looked he looked pretty good at linebacker last game against the Broncos he made a couple tackles so if anything that would be an interesting move if, if Seattle decides to go with other positions at least Leave Ballora in there with the linebackers as well. At wide receiver, as we all know, DK Metcalf, very physical strength. He's had another a thousand yard season last year. The question will be how how much receiving yards could he have in Shane Waldron's new playbook? Because it's a much, much different different offense than Brian Schottenheimer's offense. The other guy we got, Tyler Lockett. He will most likely make the roster. Tyler Lockett's really good. Just got an extension a few months ago, and he's missed he's missed some of the games. He's been dealing with a little injury with a with an injury as well. The question will be how is he gonna how will he play out in this? And then the the, the wide receiver number three, the rookie out of Western Michigan, Dwayne Eskridge. He might he will most likely be playing tonight. He's yet to see some action. He's very fast. He might not be that big, but oof, he had a very fast 40 time. And the wide receiver, number four, this and the fifth one are the hard ones. Because I got rookie Freddie Swain, second-year man Freddie Swain, making it here. Freddie Swain has, ha, looked pretty good last year. He wasn't, he wasn't necessarily great, but he had a few big catches that turned into touchdowns. And he's and he's very good at catching out of the slot. And then the wide receiver five, it came down to to three to four, to three guys to pick to make the roster. And those guys were Cody Thompson, the third year guy, third year player out of Toledo, Penny Hart, who made the roster last year and just looks really good in training camp. And then second year man Aaron Fuller. Fuller was Fuller really dominated in training camp last year. Ended up making the ended up sneaking us sneaking on the practice squad, which I which 
Would be interesting if he makes it, but I gave the nod to Penny Hart because of experience and his special teams. I think he's much better on special teams than Cody Thompson. And nothing against undrafted rookie Cade Johnson. Cade Johnson could make it, but I, I, I feel like he'll end up on the practice squad just because of the competition. And if they do go six, I think Cade Johnson would get the nod in that. In that him or Thompson would end up getting it. But we would see. We'll see what happens when they make the actual cuts. At tight end, it's interesting if the Seahawks go three or four tight ends here. I have them going three with Gerald Everett, with the free agent they just signed from the Rams. Will Disley, very good blocking tight end. He hasn't really had much of a breakout year. He's been hurt those pa- the, the past two out of three seasons, his rookie and sophomore year with the Seahawks. And then Colby Parkinson... Missed most of last year with an off with the off field injury, and he has been really good in training camp. Geno Smith loved throwing it to him a lot during the Seahawks mock scrimmage game. And Colby, but Colby Parkinson will be a really will be an interesting X factor this year in Shane Waldron's new system. The four, if there if I did do a fourth tight end, I would go with Tyler Mabry, but. I just don't see Mabry making the roster unless Colby Parkinson does end up going on injured reserve because he just suffered another broken foot injury like he did last year. And the question will be, would he, will that take it? Will that move him to maybe the non-football injury list? Which we'll see what happens then. And then offensive tackles. Dwayne Brown will probably not play for a little while. Because he wants a big contract extension, which is interesting, because he's over, he's around thirty-nine years old, thirty-eight, somewhere between that. Which he's probably their best. He's clearly their best offensive lineman. And Russell Wilson, I don't know how he's going to react to it. If I, I feel like he could leave if they don't do something about it. If he does not end up playing it for some reason, and then Brandon Shell, who they signed last year from the Jets. Who wasn't who? Who was good? He wasn't great. A few minor, multiple penalties last year, and then he also got injured close to the end of the season. And and he's been pretty. He's been pretty well these past few games. These pa- this past year, and then also next will be Cedric Abuehi, who makes the roster. And Abuehi. Is tr- is gunning for that for that starting right tackle spot with Brandon Shell there. Him and Shell were gonna be are gonna battle for that spot because the way he looked good against Washington last year, against the Rams and and Eagles not necessarily great, but those are two really good offensive defensive lines. And then Washington had, had one too, and he fared his own. On one of my other notes, he, I had him as the MVP of the game for off on the offensive side. Nothing against Carlos Hyde or Russell Wilson at that point, but I think Cedric Abuehi did the best in that game, and he'll want to keep it that way if he wants to make this roster. And then next, I got rookie Stone Forsyth out of Florida. The Seattle traded up to get him in round six when they saw he kept dropping. And Stone Forsyth, he struggled a little bit during the preseason. He, a few, few holding penalties, having trouble standing his own ground when blocking. And that brings me to the last guy. Jake Curran, the rookie out of Cal. He went undrafted this year because of a heart condition that he had, which scared a lot of teams. And according to Bold Take to Bold Take Scouting, go follow them on Instagram. Just do it. They give the awesome news. And a shout out to them. Jake Curran has some teams had him rated rated higher than Stone Forsyth on their draft boards. So if Jake so Jake Kieran could at some point what if he ends up passing Stone Forsyth at some point this year, Jake Kieran is gunning for for Jamarco Jones because Jamarco Jones is gonna have to absolutely step up his game. That's why I think Kieran will take will get the spot from Jones, and Jones ends up getting waived. And Kieran would will get that final offensive tackle spot, and then the guards, Gabe Jackson, who Seattle traded a fifth round pick to, 
in order to get him from the Raiders, will most like most likely he will be the left guard. And then Damian Lewis, the second year man out of LSU that Seattle took last year. Lewis made the all rookie all the all NFC rookie team last year. Lewis very good, very powerful and physical. A few rookie mistakes last year, but he can also play center, which he's all around. And then Jordan Simmons. Well, he'll he's on the roster bubble. It was a hard decision to make. It was between Jordan Simmons and Phil Haynes. Haynes ended up getting sent. Is on a is on a different position group. It was him and Jamarco Jones, who I had there, and I gave the spot to Simmons. Because Simmons wasn't terrible last year. Just the games, there were a few games he started and he was going against Aaron Donald and the Rams, who the Rams have a very dangerous pass rush. So it was was hard for Jordan Simmons last year. Which, but I think Simmons will end up beating out Jamarco Jones to get that, to get on, to make the roster. And then center, that's a position I don't like talking about very much. It's it doesn't sound necessarily great because Ethan Posick has been out for a long time. Kyle Fuller, I've been hearing updates that he's been apparently good enough to get the starting job, which oof, I don't. I, that's going to be bad news if he ends up starting, unless he abs. Which I do hope he he performs well, but it's he hasn't performed that well in these past few games. And even when he started last year, he struggled a lot. So Kyle Fuller is going to have to be somebody that really absolutely steps up if he wants to become a, if he wants to be the starter. Because also the other guy I got in here, Phil Haynes, it's his third year. Phil Haynes has had dealt with a lot of injuries. He came out of Wake Forest. Remind me, remind me if I'm wrong. That's what I'm going. That's what I'm guessing. It was Wake Forest. Phil Haynes. Ha- played a few snaps at center wasn't necessarily great but he looked like he's a much better blocker than fuller is phil haynes is very is is very talented he can be if he if he if phil haynes can t- can can get that center spot i could see him being the number one center at one point this year and don't get me wrong about a bunch of these don't get me wrong about ethan posick posick but I don't, but that's what I'm saying. If Haynes makes the roster, there's quite a few center free agents available, such as undrafted rookie Drake Jackson out of Kentucky, who played against a lot of Alabama and Georgia defensive lines, who are probably the best D-lines in college football. No, no offense to Clemson, but in the SEC. And also Austin Reeder, the center who was on Kansas City last year, is still available. Which I'm surprised Seattle's not gunning for any. I'm I'm actually surprised they didn't gun for any or draft one this year. Like with Creed Humphrey, Quinn Miners, and Landon. Well, Landon Dickerson got picked before that. Creed Humphrey and Quinn Miners were still available in the draft. That's why they chose Drain Eskridge. So center is going to be a big need for the Seahawks. We will see what happens when we come back. We will go to the defense. This is the Scap Show. Welcome back to the Scap Show. I'm your host, Carter Scappa. I'm breaking down the 53-man roster projection I have with the 80, 80 players currently on the Seahawks roster and who will make the 53s. Also, the 16 or maybe 17 practice squad guys. And we go to the defense now, starting with the defensive line. As we know, who they picked, who Seattle traded a seventh-round pick and center B.J. Finney to the Bengals last year for Carlos Dunlap. Dunlap looked really good. When he came, he wanted out of Cincinnati. He wanted a fresh start. And when he came to Seattle, he, he looked really good. He had quite a lot of sacks. He, he, he turned that, if anything, when he, his presence turned that pass rush around, including a game-winning sack on a Thursday night matchup against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Dunlap is probably is clearly going to be number one pass rusher. They ended up letting him go to free agency at one point this year, and then were able to sign him back, which was great. And then the other player next is defensive end who the Seahawks signed from the 49ers, Kerry Hyder. Kerry Hyder was 
has not necessarily been the best player in a while, but last year he looked really good with the 49ers. He led the team in sacks with Nick Boza injured. And Kelly Hyder just I'm surprised he went in the free agency. He's been he's been a veteran. I think he'll up definitely upgrade this pass rush quite a bit. And that go and when we go to the next one, Benson Mayoa, who Seattle signed last year, was a good player. He was he was a quality starter. He had quite a few sacks. Was very clutch in big game in certain games. He had in and he made he's made a difference in a, in a lot of these these games. The Seahawks let him go and then they brought him back this year. Mayo is a name that's been very quiet in free agency. He during train during training camp, my bad. He's been pretty quiet lately during training camp. It's it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean he's doing bad. He he just hasn't gotten a lot of buzz lately. Is what it is. Like a lot of these other players are getting. But Mayoa can be could be a def, definitely a good rotation for a lot of these guys. And then next we have the player that I really like on this pass rush, defensive end out of Syracuse, the second year man, Alton Robinson. Alton Robinson fell in the draft because of legal legal issues. But when Seattle took him, Robinson is was such a good pass rusher coming out of Syracuse. He managed to sack Trevor Lawrence even during during college ball, and he Robinson has been was really on point this year. He had a game winning sack. A, he had a very clutch sack against the Cowboys on week three on Dak Prescott, and then also another week against the Washington Football Team. Robinson was able to bring down Dwayne Haskins, which led to Carlos Dunlap coming in there again and sealing it and getting another one as well. Robinson, I think, is gonna need is gonna need a lot more snaps this year than he did last year. Because there were certain times last year he didn't get any snaps. And I think that's one reason the pass rush wasn't as good. Because he sh- I think he should have been on the field a bit more times than he was last year. And then also next is LJ Collier. The third year man at a TCU, the Seahawks picked up in the first round in the 2019 NFL Draft. LJ Collier has made hasn't necessarily been hasn't really had a big breakout year yet. This year I could see him doing it, but he's gonna have to do it. And also, this is, could be one thing he could end up maybe getting a position change if he ends up getting getting moved down to de- from. Defensive end to defensive tackle. He played. He played a lot of it. A little bit of inside at at TCU. But Collier will need. He he missed most of his rookie. His he missed all most or maybe almost all of his rookie year. But we'll see what happens with LJ Collier this year. I'm I'm ho- I'm ho- praying that he has a good year. And then the last guy on the bubble, Rasheem Green. Many were speculating that he was really struggling. Pete Carroll even said that they were trying to find a spot for him. And Rasheem Green is absolutely on the bubble, but he, these last two games he looked really good. Like he's trying to get that get a roster spot. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to end it here right quickly, because there were games last year he did not play very much, and he lost a lot of snaps in the rotation, which he's trying to get get back. He was a third round pick out of USC. In the 2018 draft, and this is pretty much he's this is pretty much his final chance. Unless he makes an impact, he's probably going to let be let go into free agency next year. Which I'm hoping Rasheem Green, which I hope Rasheem Green can get it. It would be very, it would be very cool to see him if he dominates tonight. There's no doubt about it, and he'll make this roster. And now we go to the interior D linemen, such as the defensive tackles. First, Puna Ford just got an extension. A second-year tender, to be exact, and Puna Ford is is really a difference maker. An undrafted rookie in 2019, he's gotten in the starting rotation last year, and now he's going to be probably the number. He's most likely the number one. And Puna Ford is very is a very good interior rusher. The way I see it, Puna Ford is gonna it will be one of the big. Many are speculating he could be a breakout player next year. And then the other player is is is. is 
at a fringe seed, they got Al Woods, who's a very good run stuffer, a 13-year veteran who's played a long time. He's been he's been in the pros for for a while. And when Seattle brought him back, they've had him before, and he Al Woods hasn't been great, but he's been he's been a very good contributor on run stops. He's a very good run stuffer, which I hope Al Woods can make an in, and I think he makes this roster. There's a lot of defensive tackles in here, and then the final one go, would go to Brian Monet. And and here's the thing with Monet and Al Woods, there is a battle for. There's pretty much a battle between three guy between the two of them and Robert Nikimdiche. Nikimdiche was picked in the first round out of Ole Miss, but off field issues really hurt him, and he was such a good player at Ole Miss. Nikimdiche is gonna be would. It's very interesting that he doesn't make the roster. He gets all fired up. As you, if you watch Seahawks training camp like I have before, him and Al Woods will probably battle for that last spot. And Nikim Dice, the problem that he doesn't make it is he hasn't played any snaps yet. He's been dealing with a groin injury. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he's been dealing with an injury and he he just hasn't gotten to show on the field while Al Woods and Brian Monet have. So that's how I don't think Nikim DJ makes it. And there are many other speculations about Seahawks are a front runner into getting Geno Atkins. If Atkins were to get signed, he would make this roster, and I would let go one of my one of the linebackers that that are coming up right now. And now here are the outside linebackers that I have. Jordan Brooks is the first, the the second year man, first round pick out of Texas Tech. Many were upset that the Seahawks didn't take Patrick Queen out of LSU. There, even myself, even myself were a bit. And this is this is where it comes into play. Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks just needs to get his coverage a little bit better. That's all he's got to do, because there were many times he could have gotten picks, could have gotten picks, and he just didn't happen. But Brooks, I think, will be a very interesting will be a very interesting player this coming year. He's gonna have. I I I got that feeling. This is going to be his breakout year this year. And he could potentially be a pro bowler. Alongside Bobby Wagner, that's the reason they replaced K.J. Wright and they, di- and they didn't re-sign him. And then Daryl Taylor is next out of Tennessee. He was originally a defensive end, but he missed the whole 2020 season, which absolutely sucks for him, which I was really hoping to see him play. But they didn't get him back, which this will be... Taylor's got to work on his coverage a bit. He absolutely likes it there. Taylor well, could be a pretty good line, could be a really good linebacker as the left outside or right outside the weak side or the strong side linebacker, Sam linebacker. And then Cody Barton is a guy, third round pick in 2019, started a few games. He had a lot of tackles against against the Raiders in week 1. Didn't necessarily play against the Broncos very much. Didn't have his name called out a lot. And then he, if anything, him and Taylor will be battling for that spot because Taylor is... I, I feel like Taylor will end up starting, but, but don't count Cody Barton out of there yet. Cody Barton is very good on special teams, and he had an immediate impact on special teams last year. So even if he doesn't get there, he'll be a threat when, do, when on kickoffs and punts. And as we go to the inside linebackers, Bobby Wagner, clearly pro bowler, very talented. He's he's like an he's like an animal and a shark lurk. He's like a shark lurking all the way back there, and he's just gonna come at you and just make you feel feel it, feel his wrath on you. So he clearly makes the roster, and then this and then the the last linebacker was a hard one because there are three linebackers that the Seahawks have: Lakeem Williams, undra- an undrafted rookie. Aaron Donkor, an international player from Germany who played college at Arkansas State, didn't get to play because of COVID-19 pandemic. And linebacker from Army University, John Radigan. I gave the nod to Radigan, not saying that he's much better than Donkor. I think Donkor is better on a few occasions. But the reason I give it to Radigan is because Donkor is an exempt is exempt at some point, and I will discuss. I will talk about Donkor later. I Radigan, I don't think is better, 
But I think Radigan is a... I think Radigan's a better inside linebacker. Doncor would be much of an outside. So I will give the nod, I give the nod to Radigan because R- R- Radigan had a, looked good and tra- he looks pretty good in training camp. He had a one-handed interception on Russell Wilson this past week, and he's gonna end up playing tonight. I, I want That's what I want. He's one guy I want to see see on how he looks. And then now this is the hard one that I'm not thrilled about maybe doing. As the cornerbacks, DJ Reed, most likely going to... DJ Reed probably will be the number one. They got him out of San Francisco last year off waivers, who the Niners were going to try to put on... We're going to try to put him on injured reserve. Didn't think he'd play. Seattle picks him up. Reed makes an an impact right away. Ends up being the number one corner last year. And don't don't start saying anything about Shaquille Griffin because Reed is much better than Griffin. And then the number two corner I have... The other 49er, they signed this offseason. Akella Witherspoon. He Witherspoon is is an interesting one. He has he's been a little inconsistent on what he's done. Witherspoon is gonna be he he's made a Witherspoon has made a few has made some play. He has looked pretty good last year. He did pretty well against DK Metcalf in the week seventeen matchup between the Seahawks and Niners, which Seattle ended up winning. So take that, 49ers fans listening closely. And then the number three corner, Trey Brown. And don't say Ugo Amadi, Ugo Amadi. Ugo Amadi, that's not his normal position corner. Trey, Trey Brown, the rookie out of Oklahoma this year, who Seattle drafted. He's, he's dealing with an injury. Now, Pete Carroll sounded a little optimistic about it. He, Pete Carroll, I don't, he looked a little concerned in his face. He didn't necessarily... Sound it literally sounded like it, it the injury is much worse than Pete Carroll is making it, and that brings me to the number four corner, Trey Trey Flowers, who I'm not necessarily hoping for. He he ends up getting on there due to due to lack of depth at corner. Who it's just the talent, and he will Trey Flowers will be an interesting one because there are guys gunning for that spot, which include the next guy who they just who. Seahawks just traded for about two days ago. John Reed, the corner out from the Texans, who played at Penn State a few, who played at Penn State when he was in college, who has not necessarily been great, and he's one of those guys that Seattle signed and maybe could end up cutting. Couldn't they? Yeah, they could end up cutting him and using somebody else. But here's where the corners get interesting. The other corners that are still there is Gavin Heslop. The second-year player out of Stony Brook, who Nessus, who is, who did not, who had a good training camp last year and made and made the practice squad. He was act, he was active for one game against the Miami Dolphins, and then Demarius Randall, who was a safety last year, he was drafted as a cornerback out of the Green Bay Packers in 2015. Randall is a, is an interesting one because of his special teams. It was a hard decision between him, Trey Flowers, and John Reed. Well, after John Reed got resi- got signed, I thought John Reed. I put John Reed at cornerback four. Trey Flowers, my cornerback five. Trey Flowers and Randall. I feel like Flowers wound up making it just because he's been there. He's been there longer than Randall has, and Flowers. I I think wind up getting wind up getting that spot even though flowers might not is not going to start i in my opinion i don't believe he will unless he absolutely steps up his game and gets rid of that inconsistency and then free safeties quandra Diggs, without a doubt a pro bowl last year many many are were speculating complaining about harrison smith getting that spot quandra Diggs led the nfc west in interceptions last year with with six and maybe I'm counting wrong, but Quandre Diggs will easily deserve that Pro Bowl spot. And then this guy, Marquise Blair, who missed, who got tore his ACL against the Patriots last year, week two, lost his season, is looking to win the slot, the slot corner, the nickel corner spot, along with this other safety, Ugo Amadi, who's trying to get the nickel corner spot as well. And this and right now this battle is even between Amadi and Blair. Marquise Blair was a, they each were drafted the same year. Amadi was drafted in the in the fourth round or 
maybe it was the sex I don't necessarily know. If anybody knows, comment on here and see if you can correct me. Blair was picked in the second round. I had him early. And the question is, can Marquise Blair stay healthy? That's the question. Marquise Blair has been hurt. And he hasn't necessarily been great either. And Amadi has looked pretty good. Like, Ugo Amadi had a... Ugo Amadi has made some big plays before. So, I'm I, if I'm going to give a starting, I, I feel like Blair will end up getting in the spot. But I could see Amadi definitely is taking, taking it instead. And just stealing it right from under his shoes. And then strong safety, Jamal Adams just got that new contract extension. So, now he's back and active for the Seahawks. He he did not get any interceptions last year, which there were many times he could have, but he just did not catch it. But he but now he's got the most sacks all time out of the defensive back, which is which is a, a big accomplishment. Like all get, sacks from defensive backs are not are kind of rare, and Troy Polamalu was, was probably the first one to get all that. But then Adams was just his coverage skills. He was playing through two injuries last year, according to his speculation. And he's very, and he's very, he looks, and he's very mic'd up. He talks a lot. And I think Jamal Adams is going to be, will, will definitely have, I think his coverage skills will be much better than last year. And then the other player that makes it is the, the player that, that was on the bubble, Ashari Crosswell, the undrafted rookie out of Arizona State this year. I don't have him making the roster. But he's a player that I'm very speculated about that I want to seek perform tonight. But the player that makes the rock that gets this final spot was an undrafted player a while back. He wasn't even supposed to make the Seahawks roster in in 2020. He was on the practice squad originally, and then when Jamal Adams went down in that Week Three game against the Cowboys, Dak Prescott's rolling out for a pass, throws it down into the end zone, and it gets intercepted by cornerback. Ryan Neal, who ended up going to safety in that at that game, and he wasn't even a safety. Like he was, he wasn't even supposed to be on the roster. And when he gets that, and then the very next week against Miami, Ryan Fitzpatrick backs to throw, fires, passes tipped, and picked off by Ryan Neal. And at that point, he was leading Seattle in interceptions. At that point in the season, and he was up, like, and I think he ends up getting getting that spot. Because he's a he's Ryan Neal's the biggest shocker is the biggest shocker this year, and he wasn't. When you say he wasn't even supposed to make the roster last year, he turns out performs well. I guarantee he performs very well this season, and plays and plays at a very high level. And now we go to the special teams. Jason Myers, the kicker, on was perfect in all field goals. Missed a few extra points last year, but Myers I think definitely makes the roster which he's the only one there. Tyler Roth, the long snapper, gets there, and then the punter who get, got that big extension, who Seattle traded in the fifth round to get back in 2018, the best, probably the best punter in the whole NFC, and don't say Johnny Hecker, because I'm not so, that sold on Johnny Hecker over this man, the Australian Michael Dixon. And now, when we come back, we get to the practice squad. With who makes it and who doesn't. Welcome back to the Scab Show. Where I'm breaking down the Seahawks. Current 80 players on the roster. Who I think out of the 53 make the roster. And then the 16 or 17 you could say. That make the practice squad. Starting off with quarterback. We got Sean Mannion who has played in Shane Waldron's system before after Seattle cut Alex Magoo a while back. And Mannion is going to be an interesting one because he he's played with Shane, Wal- Shane Waldron when he was the Rams. And Mannion hasn't, didn't look great in the preseason. He's looked okay, but he, this is probably the best he could get or he could end up getting waivers and somebody else ends up signing him, which I don't think anybody will. And then Travis Homer is this is where I have Travis Homer going. After if when he misses, I don't think he's going to make the roster, but I think he'll end up getting on the practice squad. And if any of the running backs end up going down, 
then I think Homer will be the one to step in there and get the spot. Josh Johnson, the running back out of out of UL Monroe, he he wasn't great this last year because of an injury, and that's what led to him going undrafted this year. But when he got signed, he's threatening he's threat threatening to try to make this roster with Alex Collins and Travis Homer al- along with Rashad Penny. Which, if Johnson Johnson will be could have a bright future, could end up being a starter next next year, or unless if guys go down, if like Penny ends up getting hurt or something happens to DJ Dallas again or Alex Collins or Carson, that he could end up getting in there. And he's a very good runner. The only thing that struggled was that during the mock scrimmage he had a bad fumble when Pona Ford returned for the touchdown. If you remember that, and the players that make the now the wide receivers. Cade Johnson out of South Dakota State, he was the one that fell so far in the draft. He wasn't even drafted. And many projected to be maybe a, a ramp, day two selection, early day three. And when he won a draft in Seattle, picked him up out of free agency. That was huge. I thought eventually he could end up making the roster. He has been very good during... During the preseason, he made some tough, some good catches against the Broncos, even though they got crushed 30-3. to He could end up making a big impact come this, this year. And if they choose to go six wide receivers, I feel like he'll be the sixth one that makes it. And now we got Cody Thompson, the wide receiver from Toledo. He, he's very fast and very athletic, very good on special teams. He was projected last year by many to make the to become the fifth wide receiver, but then injuries hurt him during training camp, and he ended up spending the whole entire year on the practice squad. And Thompson could end up being the wide could end up getting a wide receiver, could end up getting a starting spot this year. Which would be very interesting if he does. Like I I could see him making this roster, but the practice squad, I could see the best for him. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'll end up making the roster. But unless it's, unless he absolutely performs really well tonight against the Chargers, then I think he ends up making it. And then at six, the sixth player, Connor Weddington, the rookie undrafted rookie out of Stanford, very good in kick returns. He he was a he was a Seahawks fan when he grew up. He was very he's very fast and ran a very good forty time at his Stanford Combine. And if anything, he would be a dark horse. He was a dark horse earlier this earlier in during training camp to maybe get that that number six receiver spot or number five to make this roster. But I don't think he makes it, and he ends up getting on the practice squad. And then the tight end that makes that ends up making it, Tyler Mabry over the Seahawks just signed Ian Bunting from the Cardinals, but Bunting I don't think will make it. Mabry was really good during training camp last year. He hurdled over Quandre Diggs, I think it was last year, during the mock scrimmage. And he didn't get any playing time, which was not good for him. And then Tyler Mabry will he will absolutely he, if, if, if Colby Parkinson goes on injury reserve or maybe the non-football injury list or something like that, then I guarantee Mabry could, could be an interesting fit in the Shane Waldron system as the number three tight end. Or unless they end up going four and they decide not... And if they decide to go four and put Mabry in there as well. And he just hasn't... He's been, he was a little quiet during training camp this year. He didn't have his name name called as much as he did last year, which and he hasn't really been inconsistent or injured plagued like this guy coming up. Offensive tackle Jamarco Jones out of Ohio State in 2018, who I was pumped that Seattle picked, but Jamarco Jones has been dealing with a lot of injuries. He can play guard and offense and offensive tackle, but injuries have just hurt him hurt him all the time, and he just has not gotten to do he just hasn't gotten to play very much which has been his inconsistency 
So Jamarco Jones, I don't have making the roster, but the practice squad, I could see him getting there if if any injuries happen to Lyman, which there could be, which I don't want to happen. And Jones, Jones will probably, and then well, Jones making the roster could be could be good, but Jake Kieran, I just think will end up will just end up beating him out. That's why Jones ends up landing here. And this man has a very fun name. To, has a very fun name to say. He was an undrafted rookie out of Montreal who, University who did not get to play last year. Pierre-Olivier Lestage. Or unless that's how you say it. Com- remind me how, how you actually say it. And Pierre-Olivier Lestage, who they signed right after the draft. Many, I thought he at center he could end up maybe pushing Posick and Kyle Fuller to maybe get a starting spot. But... Carroll said they've been playing him at guard lately, which was very interesting because he played in last game against the Broncos. Not, there were really no updates on him on how on his what his performance was, which overall the team did not play very well. And then next we got offensive tackle Tommy Champion, the second year man out of Mississippi State. Tommy Champion did not play, was activated for one game last year during week one against the Falcons. When he made the, when he made the practice squad last year, he, he didn't get any impact. I haven't heard his name very much, which I don't very know very much about him. But the next we got the defense now, which is the 11th player, Robert Nikandiche. Just because he hasn't played a snap yet, I think he'll end up clearing waivers. And they will find a way to get him onto this practice squad. And if he, and if any, and or maybe he ends up making the roster eventually. If they go four defensive tackles, we will we'll see. But Nikim Diche has been he's he just he's getting built much better shape than he was before, and he's off the and hopefully he's good with those legal issues now that he's had because he did not play at all last year. And I think Nick and DJ can be a very could be a very good reserve player. That's why I got him here on the practice squad. As we go to next, another defensive tackle. It was a it was a hard decision to make, but undrafted rookie Jared Hewitt looked really good against Denver. He had two big big plays. He had a forced fumble on Drew Locke, and then also ended up sacking Brett Rippon, or maybe it was Locke also. During the last game. And. Drew Locke. Just felt. Had felt. What it was like. When Hewitt was getting to him. And. Even even though they didn't recover it. I think he'll end up. Making this practice squad. And getting on the roster. At some point this year. As we go to 13. Gavin Heslop. The cornerback out of Stony Brook from 2020. He could end up getting, trying to push for a roster spot this year. Heslop will be interesting depending on how he plays tonight, which will be up very soon. The game comes on in about 30 minutes here Eastern time. Heslop will, Heslop could easily make an impact and push Trey Flowers to run for his money and maybe John Reed as well. And I could definitely see him making this roster. And next guy we got is Demarius Randall, cornerback, well, safety turn cornerback, who the Seahawks ended up signing last year to the practice squad. He's very good on special teams. And that he could be a guy that ends up making the roster as well. But I have him making the practice squad because I just don't I just don't know how good Randall's coverage skills have been lately. Randall has been an interesting player. He he's he's been he hasn't been great these past few years. He struggled a lot in, with Cleveland and lost and lost the Ra- Oakland Raiders. In the Packers, he was good a few times, but there was 2016 was probably his best year when he was when he originally was safety. As long as he just doesn't get beat, that's one of the issues he's had is when he gets beat. And oh, and the guy we go to next 
is a strong safety from Georgia Southern, an undrafted rookie, Joshua Moon, which is not the moon in the sky, just his name's Joshua Moon. Joshua Moon will be a very interesting player. Joshua Moon's got very good potential. He had a very good pass, pass breakaway last week against Denver, and I heard his name a few, and I read about his name a few times during the game. The practice squad, I could see, I could see him making the practice squad, and maybe eventually, unless injuries happen, he could end up making the roster. But I don't think he's gonna end up being better than this man out of Arizona State, the free safety who I'm having a lot of hype on is Ashari Crosswell. This this kid has been absolutely on point. He's looked he, he's looked really great lately. He, and during training camp he had two big interceptions, multiple pass deflections. He's thinking he's getting heads in shock right now seeing how he is. And he and the problem with with him making the roster is there's so much younger depth. Because Marquis Blair and Ugo Mati are only on their third year this year. Ryan Neal, unless Seattle ends up bringing another safety on the roster and and Crosswell gives them no choice but to bring him on, Crosswell could could end up performing really well and making this roster. And I'm I'm hoping he at some point could be there, because maybe after next year when guy if when if players are free agents or anybody gets traded, jo- Ashari Crosswell will, will make an immediate impact. I think. And then now we got a 17th player, which is an exempt, which is Aaron Donkor, the former basketball player. He's from Germany, played college at Arkansas State, didn't play due to the COVID-19 pandemic. He was the player I wanted to bring up earlier, but chose to bring him up right now. Donkor has been... Donkor was one of the surprise guys coming into camp. Because when KJ Wright let go, and they have very few linebacker depth, and now with Ben Burkirvin out out with injury and is gone for the year. Doncor could make it. I think Doncor is better than Radigan. But but this is the thing with Doncor. Doncor does not count against the practice squad and he's exempt right now from it. And this could be the one time he could develop this one year, come back next year and then get a starting spot. Which I I I hope Doncor does. He's a player that really gets all fired up. He, and he's so he's very big and his basketball and his basketball skills he said they're one of the things that help him in football with his athletic ability and his great strength and now the part we get to that was all all that the part we get to is all the players that just missed the roster or the practice squad as well whichever one you want to think of it the players that just miss it the first one is center Brad Lundblade, who I I just don't think he'll make the roster. I had him. Uh, he could have been a practice squad guy, but there just isn't enough for him. Maybe unless their injuries happen and guys moving on and off the practice squad, Lundblade could get a spot. But he just hasn't played in any. He hasn't played in any game. He has not started in any games before. I don't know how Lundblade would fare. He just so I just don't have him making the practice squad either. He just misses. And next we have his wide receiver Aaron Fuller, who received a lot of buzz during training camp last year. Did just just I just don't see him making the roster this year with all the other wide receiver depth. There's just so much wide receiver depth along with wide receiver Travis Tovian and Darius Robinson. They're they're very all very talented, but. There's just only a, a limited number of wide receivers you can have. And the question is, they even though they didn't make the roster, they're going to be interesting players because even though they just... I, I just don't see them making, making the roster this year. There's just so much extra wide receiver depth. It's going to be hard. And next we got is defensive tackle Miles Adams. Miles Adams missed. I, I don't think he'll end up making the roster. He started a few games during the preseason because of all the injuries Seattle had. And Miles Adams, 
Miles Adams, it's not necessarily good for him that he doesn't make the roster, but I I don't think he's going to make it this year. He could get something in the future, but just not good enough. And then another player we got is offensive tackle Greg Eland. Eland was an undrafted rookie this year out of Texas A&M. And he's a player that that hasn't really made any impacts. He hasn't really gotten his name buzzed around a lot. And he could be a difference maker in the upcoming years. But I just don't see him making the roster. And also the other player that I forgot to mention, linebacker Lakeem Williams. I don't I don't see him making the roster because of all because of all the other players, I just don't think he's better than Doncor Radigan at all. And with two more players to go, one of them is gonna be it's not it's not necessarily the best position for him. But it's but if there's there's just a few other guys that it's just hard to decide who doesn't make it here. There's just so much there's just it's just hard to see players like get get cut this easily. One of them is gonna be as I already said the wide receivers Darius Robinson and Travis Tovian. There's just so much wide receiver depth there that I just don't think they will end up making the roster this year. And also the other players that I don't that I don't believe will make it. You got Alex Tavekian. If depends if he got cut already. I don't I think he might have, but I just didn't see him making at all the practice squad. And also the players that I had a lot of hype on was defensive tackle Cedric Lattimore. They ended up getting they ended up getting cut. I just don't think they'll end up getting re-signed to the practice squad. There's just so much depth at all these positions. I just don't see them getting getting a chance at at making the roster. The other tight end, Ian Bunting, I don't think he will end up making it because of all the other players they have. There's just not there's just not enough depth at and then also the final guy is offensive guard Jared Hawker. He was an undrafted rookie this year. I, I don't see him making this roster. It's he's got a lot of all these guys have potential, but there's only a certain number that can make the roster. Be ready to watch the Seahawks and the Chargers tonight. Ten o'clock Eastern time, eight o'clock Pacific. This is the Scap Show. Thank you for listening to it. And I hope you have a wonderful evening tonight. I'm having one myself. And be tuned for the next episode in these upcoming days or maybe a week or so. I will see you all. Peace out. And have a good night. Bye-bye.